Welcome to another episode of Lost in Translation. I'm your host, Mr. VHS, recapping Friday night's games in the association. Raptors look at a 3-0 lead, defeating the Brooklyn Nets 117-92. And there was nothing that the Nets could muster up to deter the Raptors from adding another victory in this game. Talent-wise, missing DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyrie Irving, KD. It just seems as if they are outmanned at every position, despite the fact Tyler Johnson, Levert, TLC, and Allen are productive individuals on that team. Collectively, the Raptors just have more firepower, more arsenal, more weapons to throw at them during this series. 16 to 5. The Raptors were up. Fred had two straight three points. He had seven to start off. And it was a 10-0 run in that three-minute stretch where the Raptors took control early, stayed in control often, and really could not even let the Nets think they had a chance in this game. Raptors went 0 for 6 after hitting their first three. Point range. Then they went 0 and 7 on their next attempts. And they allowed the Nets, who started 2 and 5, compared to the Raptors' 4 and 5 start. And Brooklyn was down 24 17 after one. Raptors were 9 for 23 from the floor in the first. 7 for 23 were the Nets, 4 for 11 from three. And the Nets were 3 of 13. Second quarter began. Davis off the bench with the three. Lowry got away with the flop on Anderson. A technical foul was called on that. And it seemed as if the Nets were getting the officials, or letting the officials get under their skin and do what needed to be done to get them off their element and out of their character. Another whistle going the way. Pascal falls. Temple was called for a foul. He argues that that's a second, that's a second technical in the half for the Brooklyn Nets, who were down 49-33 with under three minutes to go in the second. Raptors were nine for 18 from three. Nets were five for 14. 57-42.8 seconds left. Fred heaves one from midcourt with no defensive pressure at all by Brooklyn, allowing Fred to catch, turn, banks it off the glass. It gives him 13. He's got four points, three assists. He's five for eight from the floor, three of five from three-point line. Surge with 11 points at halftime. Siakam with 12, Lara with six. 10 for 21, three-point shooting for the Raptors. 47% from the floor. Brooklyn was 8 for 27 and a half. 
16 for 47 from Twenty-one rebounds and thirty rebounds for the Raptors. Levert fifteen, TLC with ten, Tyler Johnson with eight. Allen did not even attempt a shot in the first half, but he had ten rebounds and two assists, even though he was up around the rim on some of those rebounds. Slowly, second half starts. Johnson's making it interesting, knocking down. 10 points in that quarter for the Brooklyn Nets. Siakam goes on eight points by himself. It's 72-55 at this point. And despite Johnson's 13 in the quarter, or should I say 15, cutting the lead down to 79-65. Brooklyn just hit better from the four in the third but weren't able to stop the Raptors on the defensive end. And an issue, an issue defensively for the Brooklyn Nets. Serge with a put back at the end, gives him a double-double off the bench with 13 points and 12 rebounds. Pascal's got 26, seven rebounds and five assists, 14 points in that third. Fred is 19, drops six in that quarter. Levert. Off the scoring sheet in the third, Tyler Johnson, the only spark plug off that bench or for the Brooklyn Nuts. And the fourth quarter hit, Raptors playing well, bench supporting Serge and Norm being active with their minutes. And the Raptors really just didn't have to worry about this game. They go up 3-0 in that series. And the Brooklyn Nets seem to be looking for the offseason to come about. 117-92, Raptors take a commanding three-game lead and look to have their first sweep in franchise history when they take on the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday. And that is at 6.30 p.m. Denver and Utah, where Michael Connolly came back and... He came back with a vengeance. Utah defeats Denver 124-87. And I don't know. Offensively, Denver has the ability. But def defensively, they're just a liability. They could not stop the penetration at all of the guards from... Utah, Rudy, 12 points, 8 rebounds. He was 5 for 7 from the floor, 2 for 5, and got anything he wanted where he wanted in that first quarter because the lobs were available. There was no stoppage of the penetration from either guard, Porter, Murray, Craig, Grant, name them. They didn't stop them. It was very hard to watch as it seems as if Denver, who had a commanding control on this series, even though they beat the Jazz in OT, you had Spider Mitchell going off along with Murray going off in that first game. And the second game just saw 
a different circumstance with Spider taking over. And this one was Mike Conley coming back and knocking down every single thing he hit. Three after three, he was unconscious from that three-point line. Clarkson coming off the bench for the Utah Jazz. Added scorer. Seven second chance shots from the Jazz in that first quarter. Actively, Denver, seven turnovers. Six made field goals in the second quarter. Look like a deer in headlights on both sides of the floor. Conley hitting threes. Clarkson knocking down threes in the right corner. It just seemed as if the eight turnovers that were mounting and mounting throughout the course of this game for Denver. Every possession, they would turn over the ball and have nobody really playing great basketball outside of Joker. And they're just not able to stop anything that Denver's doing. Ten turnovers to two compared to two turnovers for the Jazz midway through the second quarter. Mitchell hits a three. Millsap with a three. Yang hits a three. Denver's up 56 to 31. And the onslaught continued leading into the second half. Rudy had 20 points, 11 rebounds. Conley was 14 points, two assists, five for six from the field. He was four for four from three. Mitchell and Clarkson both had nine. Murray, Jokish at halftime, both had 10. Porter Jr. with seven, but never really saw the court that much in the second half unless it was for, well, minutes. Garbage minutes, that is. And that amounted to a 75 to 50 lead. Mitchell hits three of three from the three free throw line after getting fouled on a three point shot. Conley misses his first three with 645 in the third. It is 656 77. And it was just a route. 63-97, Yang's three-point shot. And that was pretty much the dagger in the heart of the Denver Nuggets. Utah, 16 for 20 from the free throw line. 36 rebounds compared to 28 for Denver. Eight steals compared to one that Denver could muster. 38 points in the paint. 18 points in the paint for Denver, 17 second chance points compared to four, four points, four second half points for Denver. Biggest lead in this game was 32 by the Jazz, one by Denver. And that was a wrap. Denver handled nothing in this game and came out with the L124. 87 to the Utah Jazz. Joker had 15 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and 1 block. And Rudy Gobert, 24 points, 14 rebounds, the double-double with Milk. He was 11 for 15 from the floor. 11 for 15. And all of those were basically lobs, dunks. He worked 
for nothing and got everything for free on the interior versus the Denver Nuggets, who look to go back to the drawing board. And I know they're short at the wing position due to the injuries of those players, but they need people to start playing some defense, to start taking some pride in what they do at the perimeter. Mitchell, well, let's just say every time he goes into the third quarter, he averages 15 and a half. And in the fourth, he, his points per game are 12 and a half in this series. So he's coming out in that second half with a purpose to own the team. And Denver just seems to be allowing Utah to do whatever they want, whenever they want. So when they start playing defense, this will become a series until that it could be over and done with. Conley coming back after the birth of his child. He had 27, four assists, one steal. He was nine for 13 from the floor, two or two from the three, two, uh, free throw line, and seven of eight from behind the arc kind of doing a Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat. But Denver seems to be in trouble. I know it's a series ain't over. It's 2-1. They can come back. But it's got to start on the defensive end because that is something they are struggling with. And speaking of struggling, the Boston Celtics defeat the 76ers 102-94. And the first play off of the jump ball was a wow moment for me when I saw Brown take a backdoor cut and slammed it. And Horford and Richardson just looked at each other as if I thought you had him. Mismatch at the four position has been very, very, very talked about, analyzed, and scrutinized the fact that they have Ben Simmons who has an injury and could probably provide better coverage for Brown or Tatum, but were unable to do so. It was a 7-2 lead opened up at the first. Brown had two dunks, then got fouled by Horford on a three-point shot. But Embiid came back and tried to keep him in the game. Tatum gets two fouls early in the second. Sorry, in the first, just like he did game two, foul trouble seems to be a problem for Tatum. But a blink of the eye, Kemba hits a three. It's 17-10 for the Boston Celtics. And we just go back and forth with Kemba and Cantor helping the Boston Celtics after Tatum picks up his third foul after coming back. And he doesn't see the second quarter at all for the Boston Celtics, but they're still able to maintain a productive game from those people coming in. And despite, despite being down to the 76ers. They were shooting six for 25 
Boston misses last eight shots in the first quarter. Tatum at five points. Brown with seven. Walker with eight. Smart with two. Boston was five for five from the free throw line. 76 was 11 for 15. Joel Embiid being the benef- beneficiary of those fouls. Second quarter starts. Joel hits the two and it's tied at 26. 76ers take a lead. Cantor scores. And we're going back and forth in the second quarter. Richardson steps up. Kemba stepping up. No no Tatum due to the three fouls he picked up late in the first quarter. And he sat out and did not contribute to that. 51-49 was the halftime score. Brown had 13. Joel had 22 and 10 rebounds and one block. And was doing everything he could at this point to keep them in the game. 67-65. Tatum at this point had three field goals attempted in the entire game. And he's been Paul George with foul trouble. Trying to find rhythm with limited minutes. He hits his third field goal in 11 attempts. Just goes to show how sitting on the bench and not being able to get into a rhythm and trying to find a rhythm in a game is very difficult. 67-65 Celtics, 442 left in the third. Jason Tatum is 4 for 14, 1 for 7 from the three-point line, 9 points in the game, 5 rebounds. Sixers bench was 1 for 11. 1 for 11. No support at all. Harris had 15 points, 14 rebounds by the third. Kemba was 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. Harris 6 for 18, 3 for 4 from the foul line, and 0 for 4 from the three-point line. And hasn't knocked down a 3 in this series. And late down the stretch... Despite the fact the 76ers made it close and were 87-86, the Celtics, yes, the Celtics, picked up a 10-0 run to end the fourth quarter. To end the fourth quarter. Not midway through, not third, but the 76ers allow them Selves not to put a point on the board late in the game, down by one after a Milton three pointer. Joel Embiid ties it up 92 apiece, 236 left. Harris grabs the eighth offensive rebound for the 76ers, 94 92. 76ers, Joel Embiid hits his free throws, and then Smart steals, finds Brown, 94 all, 95-94 Celtics, a minute and 33 left, and that was the last time that they scored. Eight straight points, Celtics steal, one from the 76ers going up 3-0, they finished scoring 10-0. 102 94 to end the game, and that is how they ended up 
stealing this basketball game from the 76ers, who did everything right except close out the game. 102-94 in that loss. Joel Embiid has 30 points, 13 rebounds, one assist, one steal, and a block. Richardson, 17 points, three rebounds. Milton, 17 points as well, too. Harris, a double-double, 15 points, 15 rebounds, 0 for 5 from 3, and still has not yet hit a three-point shot in three games of the series. Richardson doing his best to help out Joel Embiid. Horford, 6 points, 10 rebounds, 1 for 5 from the floor. Boston, despite Tatum and foul trouble, he finished with 15 points, 6 rebounds, 6 for 19 from the floor, and hit some timely shots despite his limited minutes. Kemba finishes with 24. He was 10 for 20 from the floor, 3 for 8 from 3. Brown, 21. 8 for 9 from the free throw line and 6 for 16 from the floor. Cantor's giving him some good minutes when he comes off the bench. Big body for Joel Embiid to worry about and be covered for. Sixers look to be down and out. And they are in a hole. Dig a hole, bury yourself. 3 nothing to the Boston Celtics who look to close out on Sunday as they face off against the 76ers at 1 p.m. Now, last but not least, the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks and the 24 to 24, or sorry, 23-all after one looked to be a defensively set matchup. More senior guard Luka Doncic to start off, look to get under his skin. A lot of chippy back and forth. And Kawhi doing his thing, as always, for the LA Clippers. It was a tale of the one quarter. Second quarter saw more of an explosion of the Los Angeles Clippers. Luka with an off night. They put up 45 in that second quarter after dropping 23 at after the first. 45-31 in that second. And that was basically the summed up the game in a sense. After Luca's ankle injury in the third quarter, I thought. I guess everybody else probably did too, that these Clippers would actually blow them out even further. They were up by almost 20 at one point, and it seemed as if they could end it in style. Paul George could probably get off to a productive start after slowly, and I mean slowly. He had two points in that first quarter, two rebounds. Kawhi just owning them in that quarter with 11. The Dallas Mavericks went on a 7-0 run after the Clippers went on their 8-0 run, tying it in the first at 22-21. As I said, that second quarter with that blowout scoring, mainly done by Kawhi, owning uh, the interior. Montrez and Luka get a little, a little chippy. Montrez says some ill-advised 
things or a thing to Luca after he had a putback slam. I won't repeat, but if you could read lips, it ain't fun. They get into a little tiff. Luca throws a little soft haymaker. Montrez drops like he was hit with a solid right. Luca says, stop flopping. Montrez gets up in his grill. Technical fouls and a foul assessed as well, too, to both individuals. And that second quarter got a little chippy as well, too. More senior swiping the ball away from KP. He didn't take liking to that as well, too. And it seems as if the edge for the Clippers is getting under the skin of the Dallas Mavericks. If Dallas could stay even keel and not partake in that extracurricular activity that the Clippers players are trying to embrace them in, mostly more senior. And now Montrez Harris. Harrell should be very, very interesting going forward. They go down two to one. The Dallas Mavericks, Leonard with 36 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, 13 for 24 from the field, nine for 10 from the free throw line where he lived, one for four from the three, two steals, a block. Morris with 14 points, eight rebounds. Zubats, 15 points, six rebounds. Paul George, 11 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He was three for 16 from the floor, one for eight from three. Two steals, hit all his shots at the free throw line. Shamit with 18, Williams with 10, Harold with 13. A better overall game by the Los Angeles Clippers. Burke and Curry still dominant off the bench. Curry had 22 points, 9 for 11 from the floor. He was unconscious from the three-point line going 4 for 4. Burke off the bench with 10. Luka at a triple-double. But he was 4 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 10 from the free throw line, 1 of 6 from 3. An off night for him, and we'll see how severe this ankle injury is. Prozingis, 34 points, 13 rebounds, 1 assist, 11 for 8 from the floor, 5 for 9 from 3, and perfect from the stripe. The Clippers, yes, did win, but they weren't ready. They weren't ready to close out that game the proper way 130 122 and they had it to eight points midway through that fourth quarter with no luca and the starters on for the clippers who need to find a way to take advantage of situations clippers go up to one houston versus okc okc needs to really respond i'm talking about chris paul especially in that series or they're going to be seeing themselves down 3 nothing as well, too. That game takes place at 6 o'clock. We got the Milwaukee Bucks, Orlando Magic. Milwaukee actually playing defense in that second game. Giannis on a mission. He had a slam in that second game. He said, meet me at the top and threw it straight down because ain't nobody getting up that high at all to block any of his takes to the hole. He needs to be more aggressive. Bledsoe needs to put more pressure on like he did. In game two on those point guards and Middleton needs to find a way to contribute Harris has been off as well too but he had a double double from the 76ers he was grabbing rebounds offensive rebounds getting second chance opportunities 
finished with a double-double, 15 points and 15 rebounds in that game. If your shot is not falling, do other stuff that can contribute to the success of your team. Despite the 76ers losing that game, he was out there for a purpose on the court and was looking to actually contribute due to his lack of scoring from the outside. So if he can start going, if he gets his rhythm, Milwaukee will be in the driver's seat in that series versus Orlando, but Nikola has been unconscious and no answer, and he just needs more support from the Orlando Magic and his teammates. But if Aaron Gordon comes back, that might be another boost for Orlando. Indiana versus the Miami Heat. It is 2-0 in that series. The Heat are playing great defense, shooting the ball well, and just getting timely stops. Indiana needs to return the favor and do the same thing to the Miami Heat. The Lakers versus Portland. Zach Collins is out for Portland. Dame has that injured finger. Lakers looked to put a whole game together or a whole three quarters, which the fourth quarter was relatively a wash in that game. They look to go up 2-1 against the Portland Trailblazers. Look for more Dame to come out aggressively. And CJ and Melo as well, too. Maybe they switch up Trent outside of the post on LeBron. And if AD shoots the way he shot last game, it will be another win for the Los Angeles Clippers. They about to turn up. I'm about to turn up. Let's get it started today at 1 o'clock. Magic versus the Bucks. Loss in translation. Let's get it. WNBA recap on the other end of this. Welcome back. Second half, the WNBA recap of last night. We got some OT. OT. For the LA Sparks defeat the Atlanta Dream 93-85. Candace Parker with 17 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals and a block. A double-double with milk because it does the body good over that cream. Laney, Laney with 15 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists and 2 steals in the loss to the LA Sparks, who got outscored 12-4 in that OT to get the LA Sparks their victory and push their record forward. Contributing for the Sparks, Chelsea Gray, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. She was 7 for 16 from the floor in that game. Weiss, 15 points, six rebounds, 5'11 from the floor. Strickland had 16 for the Dream. Laney, 15. Williams, Johnson, 23. Sorry, yes, Johnson, 23, and Williams, 16 in that loss for the Atlanta Dream who push their losing record to 2 and 11 and the Sparks are now sitting at 9 and 3. The Dallas 
Wings defeat the Washington Mystics. Wing five and eight. Mystics drop to four and eight, and that was a 101-92 OT winner for the Dallas Wings. OT OT. Where we saw Wally with 24 points, three rebounds, nine assists, and two steals. Heinz Allen, 35, 12 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block in the loss for the Washington Mystics. OTOT. Hopkins with 11, Atkins with 18, Leslie with 10 for the Washington Mystics in the loss. Thornton, 17 and 10. Harris with 10. Harrison, 19 as well. Dallas wins that game in overtime, 101-92. And the Minnesota Link defeat the Phoenix Mercury, who are 6-7. And, and Minnesota is 9-3. To Ross, he said, I'll meet you in the lobby. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? It wasn't as ill-advised as that, but she was stating something clearly, and she meant what she said. And it could be the discrepancy in the free throws or fouls called in that game. Bria Hartley, 24 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. One steal in the loss. Collier for Minnesota with 20 points, nine rebounds, six assists, four steals, and two blocks in the victory for the Minnesota Link. Bridget had 14 points, five rebounds. She was five for six from the floor. Dantes with 19 points. Six rebounds, three assists for the Minnesota Link. And the Phoenix Mercury, Tarasi had 14 points, two rebounds, one assist. She was three for 12 from the floor. Hit all of her three free throws, but two for nine from downtown. Diggin Smith had 21. She was seven for 13, two for five from three. Knocked down her free throws as well, too. No Brittany Griner, Griner in the middle, and it was a difference maker in this matchup for one of the first times in a long time. The Phoenix Mercury get out-rebounded in a game. Assist 20-15 to 15 in favor of Minnesota. Despite the fact not having their big, they still had 32 to 22 points in the paint. But fast break points at 19 to 11. And the biggest lead in this matchup was 13 from those Minnesota Link. Who drop the Phoenix Mercury to under 500. And should be an interesting, interesting way for them to find their way back above 500 and 
start winning again, Phoenix. We got a matchup of the top teams in the WNBA. One versus two in the Western Conference today. Seattle Storm versus the Las Vegas Aces. That game is on at 3 o'clock. That is popcorn ready. Let's see who's got what and who can do what against who. Seattle puts up its full arsenal versus the double down aces of Las Vegas who seem to be finding their stride at the right time as well as the Seattle Storm who look to rebound from that loss they took to the fever the other day. Fever are playing the sky at 5 o'clock and the Connecticut Sun versus the New York Liberty at 7 p.m. But Seattle and Las Vegas on an ABC must see, get that popcorn ready and sit down and watch and enjoy. And that outcome could determine on how the West could be won for the Seattle Storm or the Las Vegas Aces. Once again, thank you for taking the time and spending it with me on listening to Lost in Translation. Today in the association, we have must-wins for the Houston, sorry, the OKC Thunder. We're down 2-0 in that series. That game tips off at 6 o'clock against the Rockets. 8.30 matchup for the LA Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers. That series is one up. Let's see if the Lakers can put together three more games. Best of five is now in play for Portland and the LA Lakers. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic are one up. And just like LA, let's see if Milwaukee has turned and set the tone going forward or if that was an anomaly and it may or may not happen again but i believe or i foresee the orlando magic putting in a fight but being down 2-1 lakers need to be dominant as well too need to push their lead 2-1 as well too but i'm not betting against game time when it's game time i'm just saying if they can't contain them, they can't explain them. And then, you know, it's over. They, they need to do what they did last game, taking them out of a system, doubling up and forcing the issues for other people. And the sleeper, but a good creeper, the Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat. Yes, the Heat are up to nothing, but every game in this series has been close. And the only thing that separates them is down the stretch and the consistency of scoring that they're getting from Dragic and Jimmy Butler when they need timely buckets and stops. Those two keep coming up with big plays. Indiana just needs a better a better start. Malcolm needs to do more. Turner was on fire last game, despite the fact TJ Warren needs to be aggressive early and stop hiding behind, well, other things. Be aggressive, get some steals, be active. Put up those numbers you were putting up before in the bubble restart during these playoff matches up because they need 
somebody to come out and put their name on a game in Indiana. And I wonder who that's going to be with all of those people on that side. Is it going to be Victor Oladipo? Will it be Malcolm Brogdon? Will it be TJ Warren? Who is going to say to the Miami Heat, you have to guard me. I am now a threat on this court because Miami has Robinson going off. Jimmy Butler's going off when he needs to late in the game. Drakic, after getting put into the starting lineup, is consistent. Hero is making smart decisions with the basketball. Iguodala, Crowder, see the names I'm throwing out there. And there's only a selected few on the other side. The bench needs to play better for the Indiana Pacers as well, too, in order to make this a series. Because their starters are not matching up on the productive aspect with the Miami Heat and the bench itself is out scoring and out playing the Indiana's bench. So someone needs to wake up, do what needs to be done. That series is 2-0. It could be a stranglehold if the Heat go up 3-love on the Indiana Pacers who have been playing a sound defensive game and series but cannot stop runs and cannot create runs when needed. And that takes place at 3.30. Once again, lost in translation, I'm Mr. VHS, your host. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my conversation about ball, northern style, border style, baby. And gone. Till next time, mask up and arrest those cops that have killed Breonna Taylor. Please vote. Two OT games in the WNBA and three o'clock Seattle versus the Aces. Peace.